mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's at podcast With Christina P Thank you for listening. Let's get some business out of the way. 2020, I am touring like a mofo. January 9th through 11th, Austin Tejas at the Cap City Comedy Club. January 30th through February 1st, Houston, Texas at the Houston Improv. January 14th through 15th, Tampa, Tampon, Florida at the Improv, March 7th, Pasadena. That's the make good on the October 25th show. I had to reschedule. Your tickets will be honored there uh, at the Ice House. March 13th through 14th, Doral, Florida at the Miami Improv. March 26th through 28th, Dallas Tejas at the Addison Improv. April 3rd through 4th, Jew Dork Titties, Caroline's Comedy Club. April 24th through 25th, Demois, Demoine, Iowa, The Funny Bone. And then June 12th through 13th, Fartnix, Arizona, Phoenix at Stand Up Live. Tickets at Christina P. Online. Very exciting. I'm so excited to tour this new hour I'm working on. It's very, um, it's a different me. I feel like I've evolved since Mother Inferior, since I've become a varsity mom. Um, uh, once you have two children, I feel like you're automatically qualified for varsity level momming. Um, although it's not you, like a regular that's mom, right. I'm a cool we mom. need a varsity mom drop. And, um, <sighs> but anyways, once you live past the first year of a baby's life, you are officially varsity level. Will you bring up the sweatshirt, by the way, speaking of, this is a good time to plug it. I have made for you guys, by the way, I only do women's um sizes and i've been getting some requests for the men's but we're not gonna do it because this is just for moms um unbelievable i was so sexy you're leaving money on the table oh, no one's I gonna would, buy it i would totally buy this varsity mom sweatshirt are you kidding me no man that's so funny okay you can do it in excel maybe because anyway this is actually it's a unisex thing but it's the product is a mom the cool mom shirt is just for women but anyway varsity mom it's a blue hoodie. I made sure to make it extra soft, just like the jean hoodie we did a couple years back. It is so wonderful. Uh, the fit on it's great. I love it because I wanted something moms could wear doing drop off, you know, when you just want to throw something warm on in the winter time. And it's so soft and yummy. And the color is just beautiful blue. And it's varsity mom. Give this to a varsity mom in your life um, or someone who's an aspiring varsity mom. There you go. It's at uh, Tom Segura's store but it's also connected on where my mom's at on my yeah merchmethod.com slash tom segura i just go to my website too it's all fucking there guys pick it up get it cool mom shirts are flying off the shelves get them now uh christmas is today basically right or tomorrow gosh still not you can still get them awesome okay are we sick of christmas now is it are we done it's <laughs> my house is officially over it um Anyway, I got, let's talk about something else before I get into Christmas. I am so, I, I, by the time this airs, we, we kind of do these things out of sequence here uh, because of the holidays. But um, I don't know if you listen to Howard Stern, but first of all, Howard's been through like a decade of uh, therapy. So it's not him throwing baloney at strippers anymore like it was back in 2008, which by the way, I think he was doing because he had just had a divorce and he was newly single and going to strip clubs a lot. But um, 
he interviewed Hillary Clinton. And if you get the app, the uh, Sirius app, you can download, you know, old episodes. So when this airs, if you want to hear, if you were a fan of Hills, even if you weren't a fan of Hills, what happened was so fascinating on this last, uh, the election with Trumpy and her. I mean, she won the popular vote by, what, two or three million votes, was it? <laughs> and the Electoral College screwed her. And what I find fascinating is, um, I mean, I can't even imagine the, sen- the, the failure, the defeat that this poor woman went through. But her interview with Stern was so fantastic because her candor and her naturalness and how she spoke to Howard. If she had done this interview before the election, I feel like she would have won. Like if she had just dialed into being herself way earlier, because I think what people didn't like, is she, I'm, I'm sure there's many things people didn't like if you didn't like the Clintons, obviously, but uh, was her trying to be personable and trying to be like the everyman, which she's not, you know? Uh, but this interview, she said something so fascinating And I wanted to share the thought with you guys because I was like, wow, how many times have we done this as women? Um, Basically, I think the reason, a lot of the reason that she lost or she didn't come across as genuine or whatever is because she was a kind of a victim of early feminism. You know, she was one of the first or only female attorneys in Arkansas. And she said that men would come in from their hunting trips they'd come in in like hunting gear and sit in the courthouse just to watch the lady attorney like that's how novel it was she was like a talking dog you know coming up in um the time that she did what the 60s or whatever 70s so when she would do these debates and these men like trumpy would get in her space remember that shit that they would get in her physical space they would stand up stand like behind her or whatever she said that if she turned around and went, hey, man, back off, which is what any man would have done probably, right? Hey, let's get the fuck out of my space. She would have been perceived as losing her cool or, you know, she can't handle Trump. How is she going to handle Putin and this and that? So she was really in her head and she was really stuck in kind of the old feminism where you couldn't say stuff. Like, for instance, she gives this great example. She went to Harvard Law And when she went to go take the entrance exams, she was one of like five women doing it and the rest were dudes. And she said that it was during the Vietnam War and that men would come over to her and like her lady friends and they would say stuff to her like, you know that if you get a spot at Harvard, I have to go to the war, basically. Like, how dare you try and do this? And she was like, "We our response was to just stay quiet and put our heads down because like who knows what can happen to you if you talk back and I thought oh wow isn't that so fascinating that she really was a victim of her time you know of coming up at a time when women didn't do things and she was very too calculated almost in how she presented herself in the in the media anyways it just got me to thinking like how many because I was I'm I was born in the 70s so I'm not too far behind old hills you know I'm one generation after her and my mother you know would have what is she now my mother would have been 70 some two years old so same age as hills is how old is hills do you know uh native yeah google Google Mm, google let's see when hills was born the point being i don't know maybe this generation's way more liberated from all that stuff she's 72 yeah so my mother would have been her age as well and growing up you know my mother was a secretary 
and those were the acceptable jobs you could have and that's kind of what i was modeled you know you, you see that so it just got me to thinking too how are in ways especially as moms we take back seats to the dudes in our lives for career stuff which is a given i am sorry but you cannot have it all at the same time that is a fucking myth and um I don't know the assumptions because I have assumptions too. what women can't what what I can I can't say is that too forward and it's always in little things you know speaking up at meetings or how we talk uh in public or you know apologizing there's that thing when I'm sorry I'm sorry women apologize for no reason a lot so anyways got that me thinking of that um holidays oh god here we are so I have to get gifts for all the kids and uh, 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 the family. I've decided no, no adult gifts. I mean, come on, what the fuck are you gonna buy me? I have everything, right? We have everything as an adult. Uh, it's for the kids. And I had a family member send around a group text, like, tell me what your kids want so I can get, you know, the specific thing that every kid wants. And I was like, wait a minute. I understand you wanna fulfill a wish list, but no. I'm not going to get exactly what little Jimmy John wants because you're like, I'm just going to get him what I get him. And isn't there a thrill in getting something that maybe you hadn't expected, but you liked as a kid? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the neighbor that gave me a spirograph when I was seven years old, just a willy weird thing. My immigrant parents would never think to buy something like that for me. But I remember getting it from some American and thinking, oh, this is so cool. It can draw, you know, loops and, and get weird. There's some thrill to the randomness of who gives what. Right, Native? You don't have to plan out every goddamn thing the kid does and receives. It makes me crazy. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, kids are low maintenance, I think, when it comes to what they want. Like, you know, yeah. if they want, like, a remote-controlled toy, you just, hey, do you want one remote-controlled toy or do you what want a jar say? of Hot Wheels, you know? It doesn't fucking matter. And then yeah. this whole thing, I remember one time I did an interview for Red Book before I was a mom, and they she asked me the question. She goes, what do you do if you're at Christmas and you're, sorry, you're at a very wealthy person's house and your kids see the wealthier child getting better gifts than them. Do you go out and buy better gifts for your kids? I'm like, no, that's the stupidest fucking question I've ever heard. Here's what you do. You explain to your children that, hey, in life, there are people that are better looking than you, that can run faster, jump higher, are smarter than you, and some people have more money than you. It's called life, and guess what? Um, you know, th that kid's going to get, I remember this girl I grew up with. Oh my God. Her dad was, a, she had a yacht named after her. She was so wealthy and we would play on her yacht named after her. I'm like, and, um, but I knew that I knew that we didn't have what she had and it wasn't the most devastating thing in the world. I thought to myself, well, how cool that I get to play on my friend's yacht, you know, like how great that I'm friends with her versus, oh, wow, look at me. And she had the Cabbage Patch Kid before anybody did because she had a lot of money, but it was like a hundred bucks back then. And that was a high, that's a lot of money for a toy. And I didn't get one until much later, but you just go like, okay, that's a lesson you teach your fucking kids that there are people that have way more than you. There are people who live in worse countries than you too. There are people who live in better situations. Than you. <laughs> like it's called, it's just called the reality. 
So when they grow up and if they want more money, they can make more money. They can try harder. They can do whatever. You know what I mean? Why we have to fucking uh, insulate every kid from having a negative emotion is what I'm trying to say. You can't, you can't get them everything they want and, and you can't stop them from feeling the inequities of life. It's just ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Back in the day, we just learned to deal with whatever, you know, you, you, you play the uh, hand you're dealt, right, Native? Yeah. Right? And, and like, uh, you know, now Alice is getting to an age, like, are you already getting to a mode where you're managing his expectations so that he knows, you know, <laughs> what's okay and what's not? His life is perfect. No, wait, what do you mean? For what? For Like, stuff? for example, like if he asks for the world, you know, do yeah. you explain to him how that's not a thing oh, that you could oh, get? <laughs> that's all you do to kids is, man, yesterday we were at the pharmacy and he, he got a progress report. He did really well. I said, great, you can have one toy. Well, he's, you know, they're always going to ask for more. So he goes and he grabs two things. I go, nobody. I said, one thing, one thing. You can't have two things. It's one thing. Okay. They're disappointed, but then that's it. They go, oh, thank God I have this one thing, you know? My mom told me um, as a kid, whenever I'd watch any commercials for toys, I, <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't look away from the TV. I'd just yell, mom, I want the Hot Wheel. Or like, mom, I want the dinosaur. And then she would just say, all right, um, yeah, 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 we'll, you know, we'll, sure, no problem, we'll get it. Oh, wow. And then by the end of the commercial, I'd forget that I wanted it, and then we just never circled back to it. That's that's one way, yeah. (laughs) But how did you develop a relationship with stuff? Are you a stuff-oriented person now? Like, do you care? Um, uh, Definitely not. Like, I mean, I like things that, uh, you know, that make life nicer and more enjoyable, but... Yeah. I'm more of a sharer, you know? I'm not like, oh, this is my shit. You can't have it. It's just like, ah, you know, if more people get in on this. You yeah. Know? I feel like well, what I do with my kiddo, if he's like, I, I want that, I go, okay, great. Let's figure out a way for you to get it. Like, uh, what, you know, I'll come up with a system. Can you do this? Can you do this chore? Blah, blah, blah. Or maybe if you behave, Santa's going to get it. Like, there's always a way to get it. I don't just go, I'm going to get it for you. Oh, yeah, like instilling that they have to earn it yeah. instead of like, yeah. oh, well, you know, I'll just get it for you just because. Yeah, like in a reasonable way. Like if you help me do this chore or whatever, then yeah, but not, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, ah. <laughs> Getting worked up. Ah, I'm fired up. Mom's a little hungover today. I went out twice this week. Catch me outside. How about that? I can't fucking believe it. I went to a Bauhaus concert. I got hammered, hammered. I danced like a maniac, and then I went out to dinner last night, and I drank again. I mean, who am I? I don't even know who I am. Two anymore. nights in Two, one oh week. Oh, my God. Look at this. I'm going crazy, man. So, any hoodles. That's my life. That's where I'm going. Let's get into some um, follow-up emails. Very exciting. Oh, I like this one. This one's great. I love the subject on this. You guys are going to appreciate it. The subject says, Hungry Pussy. oh man i love this show hi mommy christina this is kelsey from north carolina i wanted to respond to a voicemail that you played on your show back in november the caller asked how he can make the life bringer in his life feel better about waiting to have kids while she's in remission from colon cancer as a woman who is very eager to have children of my own i would regularly have complete mental breakdowns wondering, when will it happen? Is it ever going to happen? I'm never having kids. I couldn't stand it anymore. And one day I forced my husband to sit down with me to pick a date. We took a long look at our finances, our living situation, and our long-term career goals. Then we picked the date to start trying. 
this has been hugely comforting to me and my persistent mother. No more mental breakdowns. Now I can sleep easy knowing that in summer of 2021, my husband will be dumping clip after clip into my hungry pussy. Thanks, mommy. <laughs> I hope this is helpful to that caller and to all the women listening who want to bring new life into this world. Keep them high and tight. Love, Kelsey. That is fantastic, Kelsey. Good for you. So you had your husband commit to a start date. Fantastic. That's a wonderful, wonderful piece of advice. Yes. That way you don't have to wait indefinitely uh, for him to come around. And in the meantime, I say get a dog or a cat. It's great training, you know, because being a dog mom or a cat mom is momming nonetheless. And it's a great way to uh, get practice. Okay. Barf bags. Subject barf bags. Hi, Christina. First off, uh, I saw the show at the Neptune. Oh, thank you. Very good. And it was hilarious. Good. Very good. Now on to the vomit bags I heard you talking about on the podcast. I love these and use them myself. I have them stashed in discreet places around the house, under sinks, tucked away in nightstand drawers, etc., as well as in the car. Right now, I'm first trimester pregnant and carry them everywhere in my purse. How I introduced them to my daughter was by her seeing me use them. <laughs> when she was sick and I tried to get her to use it, it freaked her out and she didn't want to. However, after I had been sick a couple times and she saw that I used them and they weren't scary and the mess was non-existent, she became open to their use. I love the podcast. Hearing everything everyone shares has helped me realize so many issues are really common and that it's okay to talk to people and okay to need help. Thank you uh, to all of you involved. Keep them high and tight. Mommies love you, Kim. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to do it. So I guess I just have to wait until I get violently ill again. Because <laughs> I was thinking of um, showing Ella's the bag, but you're right. Like in the moment, I don't know if he'd be like, no, like get that away from me. It's weird. I still have to think of a way to introduce it. I think next time he gets sick, I like the bucket idea. I think I'm just going to put a bucket next to his bed for when he gets sick next time. Okay. Uh, this is about peeing in the car. Hi, Christina. I've been mindlessly just looking up stupid things on AliExpress. Yes, this is how I entertain myself. And I found this weird pouch that you can pee in. Immediately reminded myself about your story and your boy peeing in your Visco Girl flask. Okay, so she puts... A label to it. Oh, <laughs> here's it is. Oh my God, that's so vile. That doesn't fucking work. No way does that. No way is that working. First of all, the angle on that lady is all off. So for those of you who are just listening, get get out of here. For a man, easy. Ah. So it shows a woman sitting in her car, and she's got like a bag, and she's just putting the bag to like the front of her vag. It was that is not where the pee comes out of. There's a separate pee hole. It's way to, it's on the undercarriage. It's not on the top of your your bone. But it looks like it's got a underneath flap over an here. An under flap. An under flap. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, it looks like this is a video. Uh-uh, let's see it. <laughs> oh my god, I love the internet. Okay. Someone's pouring liquid into the bag. And she's sealing it up and then putting it upside down to show me that it's that the Ziploc is working, which is not my major concern here. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not going to store it. I just want to make sure I can sit and pee in the car. Yeah, this is a long time problem for women that we can't just pee in anywhere we want. I don't know. Yeah, this, she, the video is just showing me how absorbent the material is. I don't give a rip about that either. 
Show me how you put your snatch on the bag, lady. Yeah, it's not. They never show you what you need. Because here's the deal, man. I'll be honest with you. There was one time I did this gig out in the desert and I was in Tom's car. He had a Chevy Malibu. I don't think he um, ever told the story. And I had to pee so bad and I was in the middle of the desert and it was so scary. I just wanted to get home. I didn't want to pull over and pee because I was like afraid I'd get killed by coyotes or something. So I just, I was so stupid. I like, I slowed the car down really slow. And my husband had um, in the car, like a plastic cup from a fast food restaurant, like a, a Dr. Pepper cup. So I opened the window, I poured out the DP. And then I slowed the car down. I pulled my pants down and I tried to pee into this plastic cup while I was driving really slow. <laughs> there was pee everywhere on his Chevy Malibu seats. I just pissed all over myself, all over the seat. And then I just sat home and pissed and I drove. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, comedy, good life. So you weren't able to perfect the technique? That's what I'm saying. This bitch is bullshit like that. I've tried that position, dog. I've been done, tried it. It doesn't work. I've tried peeing in cups and stuff in cars. Shit don't work. So would you say you need Damn. like a just a larger under flap? Yeah, because I understand the, the logic. That's not enough of a flap to go under. It, there's, it's got to be super. Okay, this is what we need to design. It's got to have a, she's the right, the top, the top lip. Is, is this going right. to be available on the merch store? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm designing it right now. The Cool Mom pee bag for mom to pee on the go because we have to pee all the time because your bladder gets destroyed from having children so the under flap needs to be like a foot long dude and was super wide so you can just put it under your cooch in traffic but then the pee will just go back into you see because you're you're back in your seat so you've got to angle up and then the pee's got to go down it's, right how it's do we use perfect. gravity in yeah this? it's almost like you need a modded car seat almost <sighs> here's what we do we build a toilet in the car seat. If they fucking made the Tesla with a toilet in the, the driver's seat, I'd be all about that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's so many logistics and questions that happens <laughs> with having a toilet seat in a car. I don't care. I Does would it just do exhaust it. onto the onto the road as you go? <laughs> do you have to? Do you need a septic? company to come and empty it out <laughs> once a be, month or that would be the best if you flush and it just goes on the road and you're like take that <laughs> yeah they gotta really trust that you're not taking shits in that car <laughs> <laughs> in traffic on the 405 you're like i can't get out because <sighs> the problem is i pull over but then i go to star i usually starbucks are my safe haven toilets on the road but then there's always like five homeless guys taking their monthly bath in line and they have to wait. Or then there's a code, which is so annoying because you just have to pee so bad and you have to yell at the barista, what's the code? <laughs> and then you can't even remember the four digits because you have to pee so bad. Oh, life is so hard. Okay. What do you do? Do you just pee in cups? But I'm sure boys just pee in cups, huh? Uh, While I'm driving? Yeah. Um, I mean, no, I mean... I could pull over and pee on anything, you know? Yeah, you're so lucky that Yeah, way. I just aim at whatever I want to get pee on. Oh, man, that must be really nice. It's pretty great. It's oh. pretty neat. Like, it, it, it's nice that you don't need a bathroom to go number one. I know. I see my little boys peeing on stuff all the time, and my husband gets mad. But in my heart, I'm always like, I get it. Because it's like, it's a special gift you guys have. 
Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. It's like having a built-in pressure washer. I know. Well, thanks for sending that stuff in, you guys. Really important topics we've covered on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. What is going on with my life? I love nonsense, don't you? It's so much fun. Nonsense is the best. All right. Oh, I wanted to make a sub note. Uh, I didn't discuss this about my Thanksgiving. I spent my Thanksgiving in my sweatpants, and it was just wonderful. I really lowered my expectations of myself. Like, I didn't try to make it perfect. We ate on um, plastic plates, and (laughs) um, it was so nice to not give a, like, to care so much, you know? Like, I care, obviously, but it was nice to let go of perfection. I will just throw that in there. That's the the move. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like, hey, if you've got a problem with plastic plates, then don't come to my house for Thanksgiving because that's what you're going to get. <laughs> you're going to get plastic shit because I'm not doing dishes and cooking. Are I don't think crazy? it's a bad move. The Thanksgiving I went to was all plastic plates, and you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, well, thank you for cooking the meal, you know. I don't want you to have to, like, clean everything. You know? Oh, and guess who does that? The women are always the ones cleaning up. You never see the guys cleaning up, right? I mean, right, I, Hillary? I, I always offer to help. You do. You're a sweet boy. I'm a nice You're boy. A sweet I'm Jewish a nice boy. Jewish boy. Yes. But, uh, but you, you know, you can get some plates on Amazon, which I did, that are really nice. They look, they look really fancers. You know, I got a whole kit. I got the, 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 the utensils and everything. So uh, for Thanksgiving, <laughs> so you were in your sweats. How many people did you guys host? So few. I, I'll tell you who came over. I, I don't mean to name drop, but uh, Whitney Cummings is our neighbor. So she lives a few doors down. She came over. Um, we had the cockroach because he had nowhere to go. <laughs> I was like, I can't let Josh sit in alone in his apartment. <laughs> and uh, Tom's trainer, Sean, who's lovely, and his girlfriend. And that was it. And my kiddos. And uh, it was really nice. And my baby sat on my lap and ate off my plate. It was just very um, uncivilized. And I was like, sorry. And the house was a disaster. <laughs> it was a mess. There's toys everywhere. That's the way to do it. But it's I mean, you have kids. You know, you, ha- you have an excuse. You know, I it's know. messy because I have kids. And you know, it's funny. I didn't, I never, there's so much things, there's so many things you don't understand until you become a parent about people's life. Like I have, I go out with single, like last night, Tom and I went out with this couple that don't, they don't have children. And it's so funny because um, I love when people without kids, they complain about being tired. <laughs> Oh, you're tired? I haven't slept in four years. <laughs> like, you don't know what tired is until you become a parent. And if you have multiple kids, get your life. Get your damn. I mean, I wake up at six if I'm lucky every morning. The kid, you know, your kids boop up in the night, even though they're sleep trained, the baby will boop up two or three nights, two, three times a night, cry. And then you have to like, oh, fuck, do I have to get up? Do I not? And then, you know, it's constant. You're just tired all the time. And I love when people without children say they're tired. Oh, it's charming. I like it, though. I like hearing them complain. I'm like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. You know, and they talk about how much they love their pets. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. That was nice, too. And it's all cute. I like it, though. It reminds me of, like, a lighter time. And I, you know, <laughs> that makes me feel single. That's very mature of you. It doesn't make you angry. <laughs> no. Because, it just makes you remember the good times. Yeah, you kind of, <laughs> like, I turn to Tom and I... I you know, on the drive home and the Ulva ride home, you're just like, remember that? When we used to really, really, really be into our dogs. <laughs> He's like, yeah. 
Yeah, no, because you get really into your kids, and then you just, it's, it's a total, just a different life. It's not any better. It's not any worse. It's just different. Because dog moms are, like I said, moms too. And they, doesn't matter what you're putting your love into, it's still important, you know. Okay, let's get into some uh, dad fails, mom fails. Where's my music for that? My cue up. Mom fails. Shit, hold on. Get the <laughs> goddamn it, native. Now it's time for a round of mom, mom fails. fails. <laughs> These are the best. Okay, this is a dad fail. So, um, hi, Kristen. <laughs> My son wanted a snack yesterday and asked to have an applesauce. So I sat down with him, with his, sorry, I sat down with his applesauce and a spoon at his little table. I went back to cooking in the kitchen with my wife and a few minutes later looked over to see my son standing holding his shirt up with his chin <laughs> and spooning the applesauce all over his tummy and rubbing it in because he likes the way it feels, Ryan. <laughs> it's so true. They're so fun that way. My kids are doing this thing now. It's so awesome. I, I really enjoy the destruction actually of boys, children. Um, our, our kids are now teaming up against us and doing no-nos together. So we'll walk in and, um, Ellis was drinking on, did I tell this already? Drinking out of the dog sipper, the dog feeder, the dog water bowl. Ellis was drinking out of the dog water bowl (laughs) and Julian was laughing and clapping. And I walk in and and Ellis goes, it's a no-no. It's a no-no. Like they do no-nos together. And now they go into the fridge and they open up Tupperware and throw watermelon everywhere. It's a no-no. It's a no-no. It's really cute. I, <laughs> so they know. so fun. They know that they shouldn't be doing it, yes. but they do it anyways because it's fun. Yeah, and I laugh. I think it's so much fun, and I love the chaos and the punkness of it. I do. I don't give a fuck. Like, go ahead, man. You know, what? What? it's good. It builds immunity. If he drinks from the dog sipper, I don't give a shit. It's going to make him strong. Some I, punk rock kids. They're punk as fuck, right? I love it. I love it. And Tom's always like, God damn it. God damn it. He gets mad. I'm like, what are you mad at? They're kids. Because then you have to clean up the mess. It's a mess every two seconds. Anyway, I love it. Okay, here we go. Last Wednesday, I was listening to YMH Podcast. Good. On the way to pick my 14 and 15-year-old boys up from school. I was listening through Bluetooth in my car. I paused it before they got in the car. After they told me how their, how their day went, a random phone number called me and I hung it up. Well, as soon as I hung up the phone... Josh Potter is blaring in my speakers talking about his time at the sex club in Amsterdam. (laughs) To be more specific, he was saying, so she lubes up the condom and then she gets her pussy all lubed up. (laughs) I immediately felt my face heat up from the blood rushing to my head. Yeah, I fucking panicked. And once I finally got his dirty ass out of my speakers, I just said, well, what the fuck was that? I don't know what that was. Anyway, piss on me, beat me, and make me your cum dump. Love you, Alicia. (laughs) Yes, YMH may not be for the kids. I'm just letting you know. That's so funny. I know because I'm... uh... I listen to inappropriate stuff too. I'm always forever pausing it when I pull up at the school. But that's a pretty good backpedal, though. Yeah, just playing dumb, be like, "Huh, that was weird. That How does that terrible. get in there?" Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you know what I found though is I've been cursing pretty freely in front of the kiddos, and Ellis knows that that's like a mom thing. He's not repeating anymore. I don't know what's going on. I think he figures like that's that's definitely not for me to say. Have you ever chastised them for repeating any bad words that you say? No, that's the key. I think if you're just 
so we did this thing where we were learning the planets the other night and we were like it's this is uranus and he goes my anus it's my anus not uranus my anus i'm like that's hilarious like i just laugh i don't fuck what do we you know it's not dirty but the, i think the key is to not just don't say anything and then they, they they realize there's no thunder in it there's no there's no no-no to it and then they they only do the no-nos that they get the thrill out of so if you don't make it fun then they don't fucking do it all right so don't react and don't give them anything to feed off of. i think so or, or you can explain to them like hey that's a mommy word that's a grown-up word that's a grown-up thing um oh yeah i'll talk about this on the next one um you just explain to them that's 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 you know adult shit not for you right i, I mean kids understand i think they get kids kids understand tragedy and and they understand things way more than we give them credit for they like drama it's so funny you, the, they'll watch cartoons and it's very dramatic and they love it they understand things if it's properly explained all right let's do some um mom ha no no we did mom fails oh let's do what would christina p do oh, um, we, we got we got some voicemails oh jeans <laughs> hi fellow mommies um i just have a real quick mom fail um one time this month i was taking my son to the doctor for just a normal visit he's one years old and the do everything was going fine until the doctor said did you ever notice that your son doesn't have any balls and my response was no i didn't know i didn't know that this was a thing and i just wanted to know if anybody else didn't know this like i guess they could stay inside and drop down later but I was horrified when they, he said, like, didn't you notice this? And I was like, no, I, I never noticed. So that's wow. my mom fail. Oh, that's my not son doesn't have balls, and I didn't know it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I don't think it's a fail. Poor mommy. Well, I know. So it sounds like he has the skin, right, the scrot, the scrotal skins, but not the, the beans inside. But uh, from what I understand, like you said, they just descend later because when they're fetuses, the, their beans, their little bean bags are up inside of them and they're called ovaries, right? And if they descend, they become boys. If they stay up, they're ovaries and they become girls. So I'm sure. Uh, so the doctor doesn't seem concerned. Um, Which is always a good thing. Yeah, I think it's fine. I've never heard of that before. Oh, that's so fucking interesting. Ooh, you know, that's a Dr. Drew question. Yeah, let's ask Drew that one. I remember my son, my older boy, when he was an infant, he had what looked like a pimple on his nipple, but it was milk. There was actually milk inside of his nip. And, uh, and the doctor was like, don't squeeze it. I'm like, I want to squeeze it so bad. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. How does that happen? I think it's just hormone. It's the hormones. Like there's so many hormones swirling around them when they're in utero and there's just a little bit of hormone. I mean, he's, he doesn't have tits now. He's fine. He's not lactating. Anymore. So does it go away by itself yeah, or yeah. sick? Yeah, the body just absorbs it. There's so much weird stuff that happens, man, when you come out into the world. That's so fascinating. You're covered in like this weird, gross cheese. Did you know that? Is it called vitiligo? What? Vitiligo? Not vitiligo. No, Look that's, up a, the word. that's a skin that's condition. A, yeah, yeah. Lar what what am I Googling? Afterbirth cheese? Yeah. Okay. What's the baby covered in? There's baby goo. They're covered in hair. So there's a million moms right now screaming at me. They're like, yeah, it's fucking blah, blah, blah. It's like a, it's like a, 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 a thing on them. 
They're covered in this goo. Ah, I'll remember the name. Sorry, mommy's a little hungry. Vernix. There it is. Vernix Cassiosa. Newborn immediately after birth. Oh, oh, they're begging for money. Uh, Vernix is the waxy or cheese-like white substance found coating the skin of newborn human babies. It is produced by dedicated cells and is thought to have some protective roles during fetal development and for a few hours after birth. There you go. So you can Damn, be born. that is cheesy as fuck. I know. You're, you come out covered in goo. Isn't that amazing? It's just, it's mind-boggling how this shit works. Oh, it's just fascinating. I wish I could have 10 more babies because they're just so fascinating. I, want, I don't want to take care of them all, but I would like to. I didn't mind being pregnant. I, I was one of those freaks that didn't mind. Oh, wait, what other? Uh, we have yeah, more. we have two more oh, mom I love fails. it. I love it. Hi, good morning, Christina P. My name is Sarah, and I'm a mom of two little girls, a one-year-old and a two-year-old. <sighs> Um, anyway, the other day, my oldest daughter started to develop symptoms of hand, foot, and mouth. Uh. So naturally, I decided to clean and scrub down our entire house with Clorox bleach and wipes. And I accidentally forgot and left the Clorox bleach wipes next to their changing table. Uh. And I found out that my husband accidentally was using the Clorox wipes and wiped my daughter's ass <gasps> Clorox wipe instead of a baby wipe. <laughs> anyway, I guess that would be considered a mom fail, maybe a dad fail. I don't know, oh. but I thought I would share. All right, have a good one. Bye. Brutal. Just so you know, my father-in-law, Top Dog, wipes with Clorox wipes regularly. What? You didn't know that? Yeah. As instead of toilet paper? Yeah. Top Dog wipes his beehole with Clorox wipes. Shut up. That's where the whole you need to wipe down drop is. Yeah. <laughs> That's about bleach wipes? Dude, he, yeah, bleach his beehole for years and <laughs> obviously no repercussions, so I think it's okay. I think you can keep using them. It's probably more economical. Sounds like it probably stung at first. Oh, yeah. And then you'd kill off all the cells over there so it stops hurting. It's not a bad idea. We should start adding bleach to wipes. Man, we just had a we just had to pay a fortune to get our toilet unclogged from wipes. So don't don't flush those down the toilet. I know there's supposedly supposedly uh dis, what are they called? Disintegratable wipes. Flushable wipes. Oh bullshit. Do you think is that true? Do you do biodegradable wipes? Biodegradable. I don't. Bl I don't. Buy I don't it. understand it. Some fool came over and messed up my toilet. Nothing's wrong with TP. Yeah, just use just use the tushy or whatever. Okay, do we have another one, mommy? Yeah, one more. Loving it. Hey, mommy jeans. This is Jen from Minnesota. I had a mom fail, a Christmas mom fail, for you to hear about today. Um. So I made the mistake when my daughter was young of starting the Elf on the Shelf tradition, and it has become the bane of my existence. <laughs> and the first day <clears throat> that our Elf was supposed to show up was Thanksgiving, the night of Thanksgiving before Black Friday, and I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. So my kids woke up on Friday morning, 
looking for their elf everywhere, couldn't find him, couldn't find him, woke me up hysterical crying, saying they, that he forgot about them and that he went to our old house because we'd moved. Oh, God, it was terrible. So I pretended I had to poop, ran into the bathroom, stuck that little fucker behind the shower curtain, and called it good. So uh. that's my mom's fail. I hope that your Christmas is more successful than mine, and keep up the good work, because us mommies really need you. Thanks, Jeans. Thanks, Jeans. Yeah, I got to tell you, I was going to try the elf on the shelf, but then after discussion discussion with my cousin Shadi about it, because she does it, it is quite a labor-intensive thing, man. You got to remember to move that elf every night, and uh, you don't. So that's my that's why I decided against it because once you're in it, you're in it, and you better not forget because then you ruin the whole illusion of that. So, man, I commend anybody that tries Elf on the Shelf. What I have been doing is the chocolate advent calendar. Oh, um, which is great because you can bribe your children to do many things with the promise of a teeny tiny little chocolate at the end of every day. And I know the Jews don't do this, right? This is another joyful thing you've gotten. You've got no idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, it's great. I remember seeing something like this in the movie Bad Santa, which taught me a lot about Christmas. No, oh, I'm gonna get you one. <laughs> so it's you eat a chocolate every yeah. for each of the twelve days of Christmas. The twenty every day of the month is an Advent count. I even forgot what Advent means, but yeah, every day starting December first, you get a little piece of chocolate. You open the door, and there's a big piece of chocolate on the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth. Oh, fuck, I haven't got this other Advent thing i got to bring up. All right, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. Oh, it's so joyful. I love it. Um, okay, do we have another one? or? Uh, nope, that was That's the end it. of the mom fails. Okay, let's do what would Christina P do. Let's do... You got mom questions? CP's got mom answers. What would Christina P do? Let's do it. Okay, I like this one. This is, uh, says, hi, mommy. I'm not a mom yet. But you made me want to be one. Fantastic. From the ridiculous age of nine, I was the one who parented my mother, who treated me like a weird mix of child, spouse, parent, best friend. To tell you the truth, no adult in my family should have procreated. I had to grow up or just be traumatized super fast, and I swore to never, ever have children because I felt like I'd never be emotionally mature enough for it. But I didn't want to screw up another human being because of my own failings. In recent years and through lots of therapy, I've had a revelation. I would have been a better parent at age 14 than any adult who's ever been responsible for me. And maybe it's wrong to cut myself off from even the concept of parenthood just because my own parents were dirtbags. But truth to be told, it was your podcast and hours of listening that made me realize that there's people out there who do love and care for their children. And I think that one day I really want to be one of them. Did you ever have a moment like that? Does parenthood involve a moment of clarity or, oh, I guess I really can do this much love from Athens, Greece. Oh, very cool. Wow. I'm so honored that I was able to influence you that way. I'm fantastic. Great. This is why I do this show. I think what's really, really, really important and, the, and why I talk about my childhood stuff with you guys is because um, when you go through a, like a traumatic childhood, what happens is in your child's brain, a child doesn't understand that their parents may have problems. Instead, the child interprets it as I'm bad. I'm bad. 
parents can't be bad because they're my caregivers and I can't survive without them. Therefore, I make myself bad and I survive. And that's what little traumatized children do is they grow up thinking that they're bad people and that they're so flawed, that they're so inherently flawed that they can't possibly have children of their own because they will mess up their children the way they are messed up. And I'm here to tell you that you're not inherently bad. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're, you're like resonating like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. You're not. It's just that you interpreted it that things that way when you were little to survive. So if you go to therapy, you'll kind of learn that, uh, not kind of, you do learn that this is just your child's perception of things. And you, yeah, you may have grown up with some bad uh, habits, let's say, or bad patterning, but those can be unlearned and relearned through uh, therapy. So um, did I have a moment like that? Yeah, of course. After a few years of, of being responsible and going into therapy and re orienting my brain because I just grew up learning the wrong patterns. I uh, took care of a dog first. FIFO was my first child, my first love. And after I realized like, oh, hey, I think I can care for a living thing and I have a good relationship with my husband, I went, yeah, I, guess what? I'm not an asshole. My parents were kind of screwy, but uh, that shouldn't rob me of my happiness. And I have to say, I know so many wonderful people, especially in comedy that are so kind so kind and so loving but they're so traumatized that the thought of even having a, a marriage or a pet or a child is so daunting for them because they're just traumatized people but they would probably be the best parents in the world because truthfully if you've been hurt as a child if you've had abuse and you um you've been through it you are so empathetic to your own children's emotional needs maybe too much but i i really really um think it's made me a better parent because of all the stuff that I went through as a kid and I I just uh, I'm thankful for it because I I see the opposite I'm just I'm trying to be very woke when I go into parenting like try to stay cognizant of what I'm doing to them what my own things are um but yeah man I always say get a dog get a dog get a cat first see how that feels it's kind of like the gateway the gateway parenting stuff it's fucking awesome but thank you. I'm very honored, um, Athens, Greece lady, that I uh, was able to help you. So that's great. Okay, let's see. No, no. Okay, this one I like too. Uh, hi, Kirsten. My husband and I have started talking about making some nuggets, which is exciting and scary. He is a 911 dispatcher and I am a teacher. Neither of these jobs allow much flexibility in taking time off or being available during the day to take care of a baby. Both of our lives, both, sorry, both of our families live states away and the thought of sending a child to daycare before they can communicate with me about what's going on or what's wrong is absolutely terrifying. Is there another option besides sending my baby to a potential psycho and or quitting my job? Thanks, Sue Wu from Washington. <laughs> I know, it's so daunting. And listen, it's so fucking daunting. So first of all, I don't think that every daycare is a potential psycho. I think that there are, from what I, I have friends who have sent their children to lovely, appropriate, wonderful daycare places. So that is a very viable option. Um, the other option is you find and you hire a nanny if you can afford that. Um, an au pair, that's someone that can live with you. I don't know about that. I've heard dicey things because those are like 20 year old girls who generally just want to come to the U.S. and party for a minute. So I don't know that that's the best option. Um, 
Uh, the third option is scaling back on your work. I mean, that's just the truth of it because Lord knows dad ain't going to stay home. Um, I mean, you have options. Those are them. And look, having a baby, it's going to affect your life. It's going to affect how you do everything. So just explore your options. Again, daycare, nanny, au pair, mom and dad. Maybe you move. Maybe you cut back hours. Maybe hubby cuts back hours. I don't know. But there's always a sacrifice to be made. And don't let the women's movement lie and tell you that it ain't going to affect your life because this shit does. <laughs> I don't know any woman out there who's like, I had a baby. My life went on just fine. It's great. It's not It's not just going to go on as it was. Um, so, yeah, plan. And I'm glad that you're having this discussion before um, you made your nuggets. It's very, very, very responsible of you. And you're going to be a great parent because of that. So good. Okay, let's see. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Do we have any voicemail ones? Uh, or just not, emails? Okay. Uh, yeah, not for this one. Okay. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, oh, this is hilarious. Okay, hi, Christina. I'm a first-time mom, and your show started just before I gave birth and has been an amazing guide through my pregnancy and motherhood. Thanks for the content. You're welcome. I was prepared for the boredom of early motherhood, the long nights, and turning into a couch potato. Although, the thing I wasn't totally prepared for is the relationship between my boyfriend and I. He's an amazing father and helped me so much after a difficult birth, which will make you fall so hard. Wait, which will make you fall so hard a person. I don't know, I guess. So when they help you in your most helpless of moments. Yet, I'm struggling to communicate how I feel right now. We've always had a wonderful sex life. I still desire him. I want to please him. Since the baby was born, I have given my boyfriend many hand jobs and B jobs happily. How uh, sadly, I have no desire for him to return the favor right now. I had a C-section and I'm scared about the pain. My body is different, but it's bouncing back. And right now my mind and worries are on my son. He keeps counting down to the six week mark and we can finally have sex again. And I'm not excited about that nightmare. How long is too long to wait to have sex again? And doesn't six weeks sound way too early? Love your show. Thanks for helping Emily. Yes. Oh, I was like six weeks. Are you kidding me? Six weeks ago, my vagina exploded. I remember when I had my second baby, Julian, my vag literally lit my uterus no my bladder came out of my vagina did i tell you that i don't think you did not <laughs> i i remember i after delivery i had a flap of just something coming out of my vag and my labia was so fat and puffy and bruised and this nice filipino lady was squirting water on it like you sit on the toilet to pee and this nice lady was like lovingly cleaning my vagina and I was like oh do you charge hourly because it's so warm and nice but anyway this big flap of skin was coming out of my hoo-ha and I had the, my gynae come over I go hey man you gotta look at this what is this and he goes oh yeah that's uh, probably your bladder don't worry it'll go back up I'm like I'm sorry what he's like yeah you pushed too hard your bladder came out of your body it'll go back up like like nothing like yeah it's chewing gum on your shoe and I was like I don't I don't think I can ever have sex again. That was my exact thought at that moment. There's no freaking way. Not only that, I had stitches from a second episiotomy. So she was bruised up down there. My girl was tore up and I was like, it's never, I'm never having sex again. It's never going to happen. 
So lo and behold, the six weeks go by, you put your witch hazel on there, you heal up. Now you say you have a C-section. I'm sorry, I don't have much experience in that, but I've heard that it can still be painful down there. Not necessarily in your vagine maybe, but maybe that area because all those muscles and stuff have been cut. It's really tenderoni. I get it. Um, and yeah, you've, you're a new mom, so you're not horny because you're thinking about keeping this baby alive. Durr. Not only that, because you're breastfeeding, probably your vag is going to be dry and there's gonna, it's going to feel like glasses in there because of all the, the hormonal imbalance. So why would you be excited? <laughs> Six weeks postpartum. That's nothing. And um, here's the thing I'm going to tell you, though, is that even though you, at least for me, and this is just my advice, my way or whatever both times six at the six week mark i wanted to kill myself i did not want to have sex with my husband but i found that once we did it like you just have to be really slow and just be patient drink your glass of wine get a little looby doobies um if you're afraid of pain i don't know ask your doctor a lot of that too can be the anticipation of the pain when you're anticipating it to be painful your body will lock up down there your even your vagina muscles will clench because you're anticipating it so if you can try to relax i know it's hard but alcohol definitely helps and i just say you gotta bust that nut at the six weeks because what happens is if you don't if you don't bust that nut then the nut becomes this thing right it becomes a thing and now it's a big elephant in the room and you're like oh my god we haven't had sex in how long and he's one you know just do it. Try it at least. Try it out. Um, it's not going to be magical. I mean, at least it was painful for me both times after I had children. But then you'll find that the vagine is a magical place. And my, by the way, it's totally normal. My vag is like better than it was after the first one. Thank God. It healed itself. It's very tight. Uh, tight, not tight. It's very, um, it's not tight. Sorry. It's not tight. It's very um, resilient. Resilient is the word I'm like, oh, it's definitely not tight. It's so loose now. It's the loose meat sandwich down there. But um, it's resilient. It's a muscle. It's amazing. It's a miracle. And it will snap back to some extent. And I'm sorry you're scared. You should be. Why wouldn't you be? You had a major trauma happen down there. Um, but give it a whirl. The longer you wait, I think the weirder it gets. Just don't make a big, you know what I mean? The more you make a big deal of it. And you might find actually that just getting in the practice of trying to have regular intercourse will make you feel like a woman again. That's kind of what it did for me. Like it made me feel like a normal person, not just a mommy. Um, it kind of separates you from like, oh, I'm not just like a milk factory. I'm not just this mammal that made a baby. I'm also a woman. So it kind of brings you back into being who you were a little bit before, which is really helpful. Um, it'll just help you, yeah, get back into to life a bit more, normal life. And I liked that. So you may not like the sex, but you'll like what it does psychologically for both of you. Um, okay. Do we have, is that, that's it. That's for CP. Okay. I, I love to leave uh, on mom hacks as always. Let's do some voicemails first for mom hacks. Hey, mommies. This is Jessie up in the Redwood Curtain of California, Humboldt. And I have a mom hack for you. Oh. So I am a mom of an 11-year-old girl and a two-and-a-half-year-old girl. And my two-and-a-half-year-old girl uh, loves to open Band-Aids and put them <laughs> on her stuffies. So we will go to the dollar store, and I will get a handful of boxes of those cute little decorative Band-Aids that don't even really work 
for your body. <laughs> and I keep them stored up. And any time that I need to, like, clean up the house or something, I give her a box of those Band-Aids and her little doctor kit. And she'll pull out a stuffy and she will cover them in Band-Aids. And she will sit there and play with these things for an hour. We're oh. talking two and a half years old, sitting still and quiet, diligently playing for an hour. So, yeah, that's one of my mom hacks. Hope it helps. Bye, mommies. That is a great one. I'm, t- I'm telling you, at that age, they don't really care for toys, but they love opening and closing things and Band-Aids. Yeah, Juju is into um, putting things into other containers. So I will sit him down on the floor if I have to cook and I'll bring out like a, gl- a bowl, a metal bowl, and I'll pour um, like kidney beans or lima beans, hard beans, I mean, in the bag and just give him a cup and let him scoop the beans and it's great flour if you can tolerate the mess it's a huge mess but flour kids love playing in that put little cars in it whatever great i love that mom hacking. wait you've let your kids play with just flour yep all it, the time what's the cleanup like it's disastrous kidney it's beans sounds so much easier to <laughs> clean <laughs> yeah but it's not as fun as flour and because flour really keeps them but here's here's a mom hack on the flour uh, I, I mix it with oil you put vegetable oil in the flour like just kind of sprinkle it on oh so it gets like doughy not doughy but just a little more coagulated so it's not as loose and powdery and that way it's not like just powder powder it gets just a little clumpy and that way you put uh, go go to ikea i've talked about this before and you get like a plastic bin and you just put it in there you can put the baby in the bin if they're not putting it in their mouth and just put the flour and that and put toys in there and and spoons and let them go to town and another thing i do is buy um salt shakers like the plastic ones on amazon and you can fill it with colored sand i buy different colored sand i put the different colored sand in and they can just pour it out in the tub that they sit in and i put it in the kitchen and then yeah i get the vacuum and i fucking vacuum up the tile after i'm super lazy oh that's a great idea yeah i like that um i've heard of people feeding their kids in the bathtub that's super white trash <laughs> i like that one too <laughs> I, I don't have the nerve to do that but i why is that will. where you draw the line dude i feel like feeding anybody in the bathroom is super nasty like i, I know it's in the bathtub but that's where people shit yeah you, don't shit where you eat right bro bro it's like rule number one in life right it's fucking nutty Ugh. You eat on the toilet. I know you do. Me? I could see you eating. I a do sandwich. not. I don't do that. You swear? I I prom. I don't think I've ever done that. Oh, then maybe that's just me. <laughs> okay. All right. So you're just projecting. I, I see. Okay. So hold on. Every time you accuse me of doing something disgusting, what you're really doing is confessing that you of do course. it. I'm the most disgusting person on the planet. I bet I've done everything you have, but not masturbation stuff. I'm pretty sure you probably do a lot of nastier shit that way. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have uh, one more oh, mom oh. hack. Exciting. Hey, mommy. Hi, mommy. So, awesome dad hack. Uh, my daughter just climbed out of her crib. She's 20 months old. And one awesome thing <laughs> is you can drop out the bottom of the crib and just put the mattress on the floor. And then it's like, you know, half a foot deeper and they can't climb out. And another one is you can sew a little flap of fabric in between their legs on the pajamas to where they can still walk, but they can't lift their leg up above, you know, their freaking head. So thanks, Gene. Bye, Mommy. That's a great idea. 
That's a good idea. Right. So that they can still like run and walk. Um, right. But they can't like they can't. lift one yeah. leg <laughs> all the way up over the top of the crib. That's pretty smart. Oh, I've I've had video. I see like I have that nest cam on my kiddos and I have like a video of Ellis, like a gymnast, at, like two years older. I'm just flipping one leg over and the other and he's out. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary when they start doing that shit. I put down um, pillows when I know that they're capable but I think after they do it three times, it's like time to go to a toddler bed or something. But uh, that's a good one. Drop the bottom out. Oh, I like that one. It's a good one. Okay, potty training. Potty training in our house consisted of M&Ms and Hot Wheels cars. Very good. A few M&Ms for peeing. Then dad bought a bag full of $1, sometimes 88 cents cars, and said if you go poop on the potty, you get to open a car. Kid now shits every day on the toilet, guessing he realizes it feels a lot nicer to put a load in the toilet instead of walking around with it <laughs> jammed up in his crotch and ass because he doesn't bother with the Hot Wheels anymore. Just excited he gets to scream my name when he's done. Mom, come wipe my butt. Incentives are good friends when you're a mom. Then if they're assholes, you get to threaten to take them away. Sam F. from Harrisburg. 100%, 100%. We threaten to take away toys a lot. And uh, but Ellis doesn't always scream my name when he he insists on wiping himself. And then he just walks around with like a melted Snickers in between his cheeks. And I'm like, did you wipe? You did not wipe your butt at all. It's so nasty. Uh, bribery is important when potty training. Pull out the big treats, the big items. Uh, that's what we did. We 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 bribed hard for that one. It was a trip to Target. Um, okay, let's do, this is my final mom hack. It says, uh, hey mommy, I just want to thank you for your podcast. Thank you. While I'm not a mom, my best friend is. Listening to your podcast really helps me relate to her and understand where she is coming from on rough days, good days, and all the days in between. While this isn't a mom hack, listening to your podcast as a best friend to a mother is a great hack for us folks with no kids. So thank you. If you have a mother in your life, I encourage you to listen to this podcast to have a better understanding. You rock. I love you all. Steph. Well, thank you, Steph. I appreciate that. And I do thank you guys uh, for helping me make this show and the Dov produces and Chris is in there doing whatever it is. What do you do, Chris? He's flips, flipping switches. Yeah, he's switching. Switch, switching things up yeah. and editing and everything. Flipping and switches. Flipping <laughs> <laughs> Flip switches. Uh, do you eat on the toilet, Chris? I, there's no way. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> no. How often do you think people do that? I feel like you, just you. and Just I, <laughs> me? So that means just you. <laughs> I don't eat on the toilet anymore. But I, anymore? Anymore. I did it as a kid. Like I would, I would eat spaghetti on the toilet as I was trying to shit. <laughs> okay, well, as a kid. As a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's a little different. Yeah, not as an adult. That's definitely when I got fat. You know, I would like, <laughs> my mom would make schnitzel and I would like take an extra one. I'm like, I want to go eat this in the bathroom so no one can see. <laughs> Is that what you did? I oh. definitely did that. But I mean, you know, my mom's yeah. schnitzel is pretty good, though. I bet. Did she make it with veal? Old country? <laughs> no, we, you know, we grew up in a semi-kosher house. Um, so what do you guys eat? Chicken? So just chicken, yeah. Yeah, schnitzel's the bomb. Dude. Yeah, Doug. I can do that. I can do mean ass schnitzel. Yeah, same here. It's the only thing yeah? I could actually, like, replicate. I actually think I could make a better schnitzel than my mom, which is no the only kidding. thing I could say about it. What kind of oil you use? Um, vegetable oil, you know, if yeah. I want to be healthy, but, you know, have it taste worse, I'll use coconut oil. Yeah. But, you know, the, the key is soaking it in buttermilk. Buttermilk? Buttermilk, yeah. That's the key to everything. You guys submitted, so this is like an old episode by now, but so many people wrote in about the ranch recipes. Thank you very much. Uh, and they say buttermilk is key to the ranch 
dressing. Yeah. 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 Buttermilk makes everything better. But also, oh. okay, so I saw a lot of those submissions. Yes. And isn't it cheating if part of your homemade ranch recipe is to use a Hidden Valley dry <laughs> packet? No. Isn't that cheating? It's not cheating. That's not cheating? No, I don't think so. Because you're still mixing it. Because right. I, I make... I make French onion dip out of the packet, and I feel like I'm doing it homemade. Oh, that shit's good, though. That shit's, that shit's good so out of the good. packet, <laughs> Dude, you dip anything in onion, French onion dip, right? That actually makes me want to eat vegetables. Yeah, that's kind of like, shit's I could use good. any vehicle to get that bean dip in me. Hell that yeah. That French dip, yeah. French. Damn. Now, Russian dressing, that shit's nasty. What the fuck is Russian dressing? Russian dressing? Bro, look it up. It's red. It's like sweet. It's like ketchup, but with, I don't know what the heck is in it. Russian dressing. My dad used to love this. This might be a foreigner thing. Ugh. Oh, wait, hold on. It's like Thousand Island. It's not Thousand oh, Island. Oh, no, this thing. That nasty red. It's just oh, like sugar. this looks sugar. like medicine. I know. It's so gnarly. I love Thousand Island, by the way. That's, that's my jam right there. Yeah, Russian dressing. But like, what the heck is in it? It's just red goop. Well, it's egg-free, fish-free, milk-free, peanut-free. Oh, my God. So what the hell's in this? That's just <laughs> sugar. It's so disgusting. That is the grossest dressing. I hate blue cheese, too. I, and sometimes I can tolerate it, but it's all chunky and nasty. It just feels like you're eating an infection when you have blue cheese. Doesn't it? It's like, ugh. For blue cheese? Yeah, I always think of infection. I like the taste of blue cheese, but a clump, like a uh. clump of cheese will definitely throw me off. Like, ah, it's a little, <laughs> a little too thick. A little too much of a thick boy. That's so funny. I eat so many things just for the condiments. Like, do you ever just... I, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, what, well, I know you eat your... Yeah, ranch is the shit. Yeah, for chicken wings. Um, What else? I mean, sometimes like, uh, like with, with Asian food it's like i don't oh. want rice yeah but i do want to soak up the extra sauce in all my other dishes so i'll right. put like a, just the teensiest bit amount <laughs> so i could soak up as much as possible into each grain of rice <laughs> so i just get that sauce in me i love that sauce the so it's all about the sauces bro it's all about the life sauce. is sauce dude sauce it, is life it, it <laughs> i know i love teriyaki sauce god damn oh, yeah, Shit's so good. Shit is so good. I used to treat ter teriyaki sauce used to be my ranch. Yeah, me too. Like it, growing up, I would just, but there was never a, a, such a good bottled one. I'm trying to think of what the, the brand was that I used. Oh no, I would never get it. Bo no, bottled. It's the same. It's a, it's a, it's the the ranch scenario yes. where it's like it's not good in a bottle. What you got to do is go to some like teriyaki bowl place. Yes. And then be like, give me like, let me get like a small soda like fountain cup. Uh, and then fill that up half to three quarters of the way with ranch, and then I'll figure out how much I use. Right. I feel like you have to go to like a Yoshinoya and like get their teriyaki sauce, right? Well, maybe not something a little class like Yoshinoya. What? You know, maybe like a. Does those even exist anymore? They definitely do. Yeah, they definitely do. I think they're doing breakfast now. <laughs> Asians don't eat breakfast, they don't do like American breakfast. Right. It's a Yoshinoya breakfast. Ugh. A little you know more teriyaki what? in it. I do. I will eat rice just to put ketchup on it. I love ketchup on rice. Ketchup and rice? <clears throat> it's very white trash, and it's my one of my favorite things. Hold on. Are you one of those? Did you ever put ketchup on your pischetti? No. All right. Good. No. That's nasty. You did that? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, that's uh, just nasty uh, as hell. Nasty as hell. I remember going to like, some of my friends' houses. like, hey, we're going to have like some spaghetti. 
And I'm like, oh, dope. I love spaghetti because my mom makes amazing spaghetti and meatballs. Oh. I, I thought everything tasted like that when you say spaghetti and meatballs. And then, you know, I'd have other people's and it's just ketchup on spaghetti. That's so nasty. And like a little bit of butter. And it's just like, Ugh. how is this? This is garbage. This is garbage food. Let me tell you, the only time I ever had that is when communism fell in like 92 or 3. <laughs> and I went to Hungary and I was like 14 and I ordered spaghetti and they gave me ketchup on spaghetti. And it wasn't even like Heinz. It was some funky ass Hungarian ketchup. Bulk spaghetti. Yeah, or dude. Bulk ketchup. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is good. Spaghetti is good. I'm like, it's not good. This is not. They didn't have tomatoes post-communism or whatever. It was whack, and then we go to the Pizza Hut there, and same shit, man. Like they don't have to, they didn't have tomato sauce till two thousand and four. Although, something. although sometimes that creates good things. Like, have yeah. you ever had banana ketchup? No. If I remember correctly, uh, I think it's a Filipino thing, oh. and they created it because I think there was a tomato shortage at some point, hmm. so they started making banana ketchup. Oh, that's kind of dope. Yeah, and now banana ketchup's dope. But maybe I'm remembering that Wikipedia entry wrong. Oh, okay. We'll look it up. But no, 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 no. All right. Write in. What's your most disgusting thing you like to eat? Um, on the toilet? On the toilet. <laughs> no one's eating on the toilet. I am. I do like Kraft macaroni and cheese with ketchup as well. I like. Yep. And I like Gelson's macaroni and cheese. They have uh, that disgusting hot food. I fucking because I had it as a kid so much. I love their macaroni and cheese and I put ketchup on that. I think that might be the grossest thing I do. What's the grossest thing you eat? Be honest. Like, hmm. Try to think of the nastiest shit that I love. Oh, I mean, like, I can't think of nasty shit because I don't think I eat nasty stuff. I I can tell you, like, the fattest thing that I've ever yeah, eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like fat boy treats. Yeah, I remember uh, when I discovered this. Uh, my, <laughs> my, like, the year after college, I was the first time living on my own. And my mom was like, hey, I'm going to get you, like, a nice coffee, like, machine. Like, a, make some sort of espresso or something like that, but, like, a cheap one. And uh, they didn't have it, that at the store when she went, so she got me a deep fryer instead. Okay. And then I made just homemade animal-style fries for, like, a month straight. <laughs> and then I started getting sick on a pretty consistent basis. <laughs> <laughs> Another fat boy treat. Uh, so you get, you get cookie dough, right? Uh-huh. And then you put a scoop of that into a bowl. You heat that up for like 15 or 20 seconds. Cookie? And then you put and then you put some ice cream on that. And you get Whoa. melted cookie on the bottom and then slowly melting ice cream on top. Bro, you just blew my mind right there. No, yeah, that's it. You're going to I'll tell you what. Damn. You're not going to have seconds of that cuz you're going to hate yourself after yeah, the first yeah, yeah. one. <laughs> it's too much sugar, but it it's sounds so much. great. You're going to go to sleep within 30 minutes of finishing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so disgusting. It's, uh, cookie dough is so good. It's so good. It's the best. And it's upsetting when you realize how quickly you go through like a family tub size of uh, cookie dough. Once, like once I discovered that, it was like I gained like twenty or thirty pounds real fast. Easy, easy, dude. You know what got me super fat over Thanksgiving is um I fucking love Duncan Hines like yellow sheet cake, like that white trash Ooh. sheet cake. Oh, pancake. Yellow cake with chocolate fake-ass frosting, like the kind that Duncan Hines. I live 
Oh, I love it. Oh, God, I could eat the whole thing. All right. And Rice Krispie treats, because I never had that stuff growing up because my mom would never make American treats. Hell yeah. Rice Krispie all, all day, every day. I so could eat good. it. God damn it. All right. Send me your most disgusting treats. Uh, where my mom's at at gmail.com. Phone number to leave me a voicemail 213 375 5184. Send me videos. I love videos to, uh, to the email. All right, dudes. Until uh, next time, stay cool, moms. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's at podcast With Christina P.